Focus your attention with me to a specific part of the gospel. After he fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. So that's where I want to jump in this morning. Um, and none of what I'm about to say is in any way backed by the Catholic Church and is complete speculation on my part. So, if you end up hating it, cool. <laughs> now put yourself in the head of Jesus. We always imagine that prayer is God reading our thoughts, right? So, in this case, imagine you can hear the thoughts of Jesus and see what he thinks about. So for context, Jesus has just completed a day of miracles, a day of teaching, healing, interacting, laughing, crying, singing, eating, praying. Jesus was a super big extrovert when it served his purpose. And in perfect balance, he retreats as if an extreme introvert to be alone to recharge after it's over. Jesus was fully man and fully God. So I know that the fully man side of him was tired. I also imagine that he couldn't help but smile as he thought of all the people he had interacted with that day. So many people, so many needs, so few of them get the point. Doesn't it say in other scriptures that Jesus' heart was moved for pity, with the, or for the crowds with pity? So I imagine even though he was tired, his heart was moved again but with, not with pity this time, but with joy, as he thought about the multitude that he interacted with that day. A pictorial Rolodex of faces, and each one bringing a new smile to the face of the Savior. Remembering what each person asked for, remembering their needs, their faith, and the desperation in their faces. Do you think that Jesus prayed for those that he healed? I ask because a Catholic priest now is supposed to say penance and sacrifice for every confession that he hears. It is the sacrament of spiritual healing. And if Jesus is the great high priest, I imagine that he prayed for those people that he healed. And he prayed for them because he opened their eyes to the reality of the gospel. I envision Jesus sitting in a peaceful, quiet night, the moon illuminating the desert around him. And Jesus, with his eyes closed, sitting in the desert, smiling, imagining the face of each person and praying for them to the Father, praying that the seeds of the gospel might take root in their heart and yield 30, 60, or 100-fold, praying that they would fall deeply in love with the voice of the Father, asking the Father to confirm in them, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, the good work which had begun in them, praying that they might be so attuned to the Father that they fulfill the words of Jesus in John chapter 17 when he prays that they all might be one, Father, as you and I are one. The way St. Paul describes himself in today's second reading, so close to God that his conscience is joined to the Holy Spirit. I see Jesus sitting in the still and in the quiet, taking time to pray, even though at this point in the day he is extremely tired 
and people have literally been asking him for things since he woke up this morning, and he hasn't had a moment to himself until now, and literally all he wants to do is scroll on his phone a little bit before he goes to bed. <laughs> but he prays, because he knows that this is where he will be rejuvenated. This is where he will have the strength to keep going for the next day. This is where all of his power comes from, his connection with God the Father. Elijah is a model for humanity being the same throughout all of history. Jesus in the gospel goes on the mountaintop to pray in silence. Elijah in the first reading, hundreds of years before Jesus, is on a mountaintop. He experiences great and wonderful things and it is in the stillness and the silence where God is found. So why do we pretend that God will be found anywhere else but in the still and the silence? We claim that it isn't our spirituality or that's not the way that I pray. But maybe we should be more honest with ourselves. In reality, the thought of sitting alone long enough to be left alone with our own thoughts is terrifying. A deep connection with God cannot be faked. If we want a relationship with the Lord, then we cannot think ourselves better than Elijah, better than St. Paul, and certainly not better than Jesus. For all three in the readings today exemplify that we must spend some time each day in silence with God. If we have not lived a life letting the voice of the Savior guide us, how will we recognize him in the afterlife? We may cry out in a moment of desperation at our particular judgment after we die, like Peter exclaiming, Lord, save me. How tragic it would be to see the Lord after you die, but like the disciples on the water, become afraid of him because you perceive him to be a ghost. And forever the Lord is reaching his hand out to you to take at any time, but because we are afraid and run away, because we do not recognize his voice, we do not recognize the call. So we slip beneath the waves of eternal separation from God because we are too busy or too prideful to have made time for him in our life. Peter may have acted foolishly, but he did so with a deep love for our Savior. Are you willing to orient your day so that your actions show that you also have a deep love for the Savior?